Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Egberto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S, that is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being with me. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to be talking about you-know-what. Uh, let's see, try to listen with technical difficulties. Well, Tom Sutherland, keep trying because I think we have a clean connection here that you should do it. But we're going to have a great show for you today. Right now, what I'm doing is I'm getting a few things up on a on on uh, Instagram, and then we'll be ready to go. But here is the deal. Like, good afternoon, Christy Hill. How are you doing? Cameron Michael, welcome aboard. Numero uno. I love that. I love I love the way you put that exclamation sign. John Bauer, great to be here. Great to see you here. Look, folks, I'm kind of waiting for us to build a little momentum here. But look, before I even get started, I want to tell you guys about something great that is happening here in Houston, Texas. We have several uh, indivisible groups that we formed out here, and they are functioning and they are clicking on all cylinders. The resistance is here to ensure that we move forward. Good morning, Sadie. Good morning, Marilyn Bourne. Good morning, everybody. Uh, nice to see you guys around. Remember, we are having that, that rally at City Hall that we're arranging with Indivisible Houston beginning at 3 p.m. on Sunday. 3 p.m. on Sunday. We're going to have a lot of speakers that are going to be talking a whole lot of issues relative to what's going on. Now, for those who think that those, uh, those folks on that side always have so many issues that they want to go. Instead of concentrating on one, well, what we realize, folks, is we concentrate on one issue. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to move it forward. Okay, every, uh, Mike Jones says he cannot hear. Is Mike Jones the only person who cannot hear on Facebook Live? Let me see. Uh, let's make sure about that. If, if those of you who can hear... Just let me know that you can hear so that we can know Mike Jones needs to go ahead and repair something on his side, and then we'll get started with the show. So uh, you can hear. Great. So Mike Jones, go ahead and make a test on your equipment to verify that all is right. And uh, from that, but anyhow, we are going to get started because guess what? I just clicked it on to Instagram. 
So we're ready to go. Hi, Lisa Evans, Tom Hines, Mike Jones, Luisa Oropesa Moya. Uh, are you my Panamanian sister? Anyhow, 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 folks, let's get busy. We're going to have a great show, like I said before, as soon as I pull it up on my pad. The show is actually titled, uh, titled, Cannot Allow Trump Respin of Fake News to Take Our Eyes Off of the Ball. Why did I come up with this topic? Last night, I was on my spinner. I was spinning my, my, my heart away or my legs away because I have to take about 5, 10 pounds off. Lower the blood pressure. You know what I'm talking about. Anyhow, then came on Don Lemon interviewing Paris, one of uh, Trump's spots. I think his name is Paris Denham or something like that. But anyhow, he tried to spin fake news as what the mainstream media was doing. And everyone who follows the show know that I am completely, I am generally speaking, good morning, Bo. I'm generally speak. I'm very, generally very upset at mainstream media because they do not give appropriate context to the news. And you know what we do here is we provide context to the news. So therefore, what is it going to be all about? The Trump administration is trying to respin the mainstream media as the purveyors of fake news. While they brought it on to themselves with their general ineptitude and inability to conduct real journalism over the last few years, over the last few decades, you know, the reality is a lot of times they brought it on to themselves. Who agrees that they brought it on to themselves? Let me see those acquiesce to that. Are they bringing it all to themselves? I see you agree. They are bringing it all on to themselves. Well, we're going to stop that. And today we're going to have two special guests with us as well. We're going to have Janine Loudon, who is one of the stalwarts on the board of directors of Coffee Party USA. And we're also going to have La Presidenta, the president of Coffee Party with us as well. So you guys Sit tight. We're going to introduce both of them shortly, but we know what time it is and what we have to do before the show. But beforehand, I need to do one other thing, and we need to go ahead and get that video placed on the appropriate network as well. And when you get a late start like I did today, I, all I can say, folks, is I apologize, but we're going to get started right now, so let me see. It is time for you know what. It is time for you know what, if it works. It's time for the weekly blog post. Well, the weekly blog post had to do with Don Lemon, of course, because like I said, I wrote it, you know, I saw it last night. I had to finish up my Bill Maher blog and got sleepy at three this morning. So I got a few hours of sleep and said, okay, let's go ahead and write this one because I was going to put it up at coffee party at, um, at 11 o'clock. But here it goes. The media is starting to play hardball with the false spin and fake news emanating from the Trump White House and spokesperson. Don Lemon let Trump's spokesman, Paris Denard, have it and did not allow him to spin. Lemon justifiably prevented Paris Denard from getting his false information into the ethos. One hopes this is now modus operandi. One hopes 
this is how the media is going to work with them. Now, I noticed that CNN has been very hard. I am, to put it bluntly, over the last few weeks, I've been very impressed with CNN, especially with Jake Tapper. And folks, uh, I'm not here to advertise the mainstream media, but I tell you what, watch uh, State of the Union because Jake Tapper has really been working hard, and that is correct, Christy. He's been really making sure that the alternate media doesn't get its message out. In other words, they are no longer being allowed to spin. So far, CNN has been doing their job. MSNBC, supposedly the liberal bastion, is still debatable whether they're really doing their jobs. Anyhow, going back, Lemon justifiably uh, prevented Price Denard from getting his false information into the ethos. One hopes this is now modus operandi as lies are never fully unrung. In other words, they tell a few lies on TV. You know what? A lot of people watch TV for 10, 15 minutes. The lie is there. If it's not rebutted immediately, they never get it. The lie remains in the ethos. And Trump, the Trump administration knows that. That is why he's not scared to get on TV or get on the lectern, say a lie, let it stand for a while. Folks take a while to fact check it. By the time it's fact check, all those people that heard that lie, it made it into the ethos. It is now the law of the land to many of our fellow Americans. That is what we have to fight. And that is why we have to be on our game to catch them immediately. I'm watching two, three channels at the same time, many times. And what I do, something happens, you blog about it immediately, you throw it out on the internet, on the tweets, on Instagram or whatever, because you want to populate the folks to know, yes, it is a lie. It has to be mitigated. This is how the conversation went. You just heard from Foreman laid out, Don Lemon said. Between the first lady living in New York to weekends in Mar-a-Lago, the cost of protecting the first family could be epic, but that has always been the responsibility of the Secret Service. So is there anything different now? Paris, what do you think? Here comes Paris. I think this is fake news, Paris said. Uh, this is not a news story. Don Lemon did not let the accusation go unanswered. Tell me, what about it is fake, Paris? Lemon interjected exasperatedly as the panel laughed in ridicule. They laughed him off the screen, put it bluntly. Let's not, let's, let me just tell you why, Paris replied. The president is not breaking any laws and he is not doing anything. Okay, Paris, Lemon interjected. Hold on. Let me ask you this. Do you actually know what is the definition of fake news? What we are doing right now, Paris replied ignorantly, and I say ignorantly because I don't want to use the appropriate word, which would be uncivil to say, because this is not a legit story is what he said. It is clear that Lemon realized he needed to school Paris to ensure the audience did not conflate the definition of fake news and the attempt by the Trump administration to deceive the American public. So what happened? Then you are part of the fake, this is what he said, then you are part of the fake news because you are on the network, Lemon said, as Paris shouted like an insolent kid. But there it comes. And this is where I think Lemon excelled. And you are part of that. Let me explain to people out there watching what fake news really, really is. Fake news is when you put out a story to intentionally deceive someone you know that is wrong. I don't know of anyone who has put out a story in the mainstream media 
that I can think of right now to intentionally deceive anyone. People get things wrong. Sources sometimes come up empty, but no one I know has put out something to intentionally deceive someone. This story that we are doing right now is not to intentionally deceive anyone. We are simply talking about the cost to keep the president safe, the Secret Service cost, and where the pros and cons are. And as Andre said, if there are ways that we may be able to work on that to make it fiscally better for the American people. There is nothing fake about that. Please stop it with that stupid talking point that it is fake, a fake news story. If you don't want to participate in the news story on this network, then don't come on and participate. But don't call them fake because you don't agree with them. So go on, Paris. This is your turn, Paris. Don Lemon, uh, Don, this is a fake story in my opinion, Paris replied, because the underlying assumption that, and then he was immediately cut off by Don Lemon. Okay, guys. Good night. Don then walked off of the set decidedly angry, but he did a great job in stopping the deception. He did a great job in stopping the deception. Folks, what do you think? The telephone number is 646-929-2495. Again, 646-929-2495. Now I'll bring on Debbie Lynn Molinao, the president of Coffee Party, and Janine Loudon our stalwart board member. How are you doing, <laughs> ladies? How are you doing today? Hey, Egberto, this is Debbie Lynn. And, uh, yeah, doing great this morning. What a lively and passionate uh, open for your show. Well, you know, we have, to try to, we have to try to do it. We have to not let people fall asleep when they have a whole lot of work to do out there. You know what I mean? There, we have a lot of work for people. <laughs> So you have to keep them up. That's why after t- today, we're got, here in, in Houston, we're going to be going downtown in front of City Hall at 3 p.m., and we're going to do it all over again with new speakers, with better voices, with good voices all along. So how are you doing today? Hi, uh, this is Janine, and uh, I love the idea that I'm stalwart. I think I'm going to make a superhero character stalwart. So. <laughs> I think that is but wonderful. <laughs> you know, and I'm very excited little, about this topic, you know, so absolutely. that makes it even better because I'm also kind of stalwart about uh, the integrity of our speaking. And so uh, these two are coming together really well for me today. So I, I well, then I'm going to leave the floor to you, Jenny. Let, let, tell us something about what you think about what's going on in our politics today relative to fake news and where it is taking us. And for those on Facebook, periodically, if you want to get into the conversation, if you don't want to call in, I'll read whatever you put on the screen. But folks, do remember, it is a call-in show as well, and you can speak. You can, if you're at your computer, you can use spy, I mean, Skype. Skype us as well. The telephone number is 646-929-2495. I'd love to hear some of your voices as well. But anyhow, come on in, Jenny. Well, well I Debbie, was, take, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna go ahead and start, Janine, because uh, you know we kind of planned a, a, a side sure, show sure. here for go you, ahead. Egberto. Uh, and I love your <laughs> <laughs> So just, just quickly, I wanted to point out that on my Facebook page today, I reshared mm-hmm. a story that I had from four years ago, talking about how every presidential election cycle, our democracy is at risk, every four years. 
And four years ago, what we were talking about was money and politics. But mm-hmm. this year, we're less focused on the money and politics, and we're more focused on our narratives. And, and so, you know, half of our country, uh, it, depending on which half you're in, is confused about what the facts are. Or we have different facts that compete. So the silver lining, I think, in our current situation is that mainstream media is starting to push back, as you're talking about, Egberto, on the disinformation and the propaganda and the, the local rising of, of indivisible groups across the country, which is awesome, is another way that we're pushing back against disinformation and propaganda. And we're going to come through this with an, a singular narrative, an American narrative, uh, that we're going to tussle over for a while until we get there. Janine? Oh, great. Well, you know, from your opening, Egberto, I sort of have my initial take, which is if you want to think about fake news, think birthers, Right. You know, the whole birther movement started by our current president, basically, or at least made viral, and for how many years and for how long, and totally based on what we, in my world, call misinformation and character assassination. And maybe that's too many letters, you know, to describe fake news, but it was never a real story, never. And they made it one. Uh, Another one that comes out year after year, and when Debbie Lynn and I did a radio show (laughs) together, we could virtually play the War on Christmas show every year. (laughs) You know, we could. Yep. uh, I I mean, the War on Christmas is just, it's, it's, there's no truth to it. You know what I'm saying? And so the, the whole idea that things like this could catch traction, it's like, Whoever believes in character assassination and misinformation has, had, has been practicing for years. And now it's really come to the forefront. And um, it's interesting because having been sensitized to this for so long, and as a blogger and poster and radio show host, uh, trying to help uh, wor- people work themselves through what it looks like when they're being, you know, when it's like, it's like a con, but I don't want to go say, oh, everyone's a con, but it's, it is propaganda strategy. It is, you know, it's crazy making, uh, but it's no. well-honed marketing. It's well-honed marketing to a target market that's very well-defined. And so that's our challenge, really, as those of us who speak to uh, civility and reason. So that's, no. that's a good start, yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I want to tell you, uh, you know, um, I, I love what you said, but there's one thing that I think, I think uh, you, you use the word con and then you backed out of the word con, right? Uh, because you thought that somehow maybe that's not all that, oh, civility. No, actually, I think, uh, what does con mean, uh, Debbie Lynn? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's to, to deliver a false story, in order to gain something, it's a power grab. So it's a con. So it, it is okay if, it, if, if the statement that you're making in true, in my humble opinion, is a con. I think we have to call it as a con with love, you know, nicely. But it's a con, you know. Is, well, uh, but is remember, okay. remember, yes. I have to say, con is short for confidence game, right? True. This is a confidence game, and I think it's actually better described as a sales and marketing plan. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if I come from a business background, right? There is no difference between a confidence game and a marketing strategy. They use the same pieces, parts, elements. 
the difference, I think, socially is whether this is for ill-gotten gains or mm-hmm. to legitimately sell a product, right? So it's really the quality of the product that matters more than the game they're using. And that's why I backed off from the word con, because I really think that people understand what that word means, but it has a negative connotation. And yet those are the same tactics one would use to sell your car. You know, to, to, uh, it's right. the same. But, but the consequence today, given that this whole, and I'm going to use another word, this whole grifter mentality uh, right. has come into the forefront and actually become fashionable and admirable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that specificity in speaking is important. So thanks. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. yeah, I just I wanna jump I wanna just jump in here with one thing to talk about this kind of sales and marketing thing that Janine's referring to. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how many how many of your of your listeners and watchers Egberto have seen there's actually ads, T V ads about the Supreme Court nominee right now. Oh my yes, gosh, how could we possibly I, Sales and marketing is the only way to describe that. Yes. But, Debelin, did you also notice the ad for the, for the Supreme Court justice? May, and when you speak, when both of you speak about sales and marketing, it is so true. Because if you look at the ads for, what's, his, what's the Supreme Court's name? I don't even remember anymore. But anyhow. Gorsuch. Gorsuch. <laughs> yeah. That ad actually said something interesting. It is an Obama, somebody that worked for the Obama administration is supporting him, so they're even uh, they're even going at the who folks would consider the Obama voters as, let's say in this case, the swing voters to tell them Gorsuch. Thank you very much, Cindy, uh, to say that. And by the way, let me bring some some of the folks uh, uh, in in the in the in the fold. Fraud, Christie calls the con a fraudulent claim of reality. Uh, we have John Barr who said a con by definition, telling lies to cheat and manipulate in order to overpower, deceive, and steal. So, yes, folks, I mean, all, all those things are true definitions and what we're, ha- what we're happening to live through right now. Jessica Hopkins, TV marketing ads for Scudas. This is insane. Uh, how insane is it, uh, uh, Devilin? Well, I've never seen it before. I actually, when I saw the first ad, I looked up the uh, the PAC or the 501 or whatever kind of group it is that's doing the the ad. Uh-huh. And and I just I we are not we are supposed to be citizens, not consumers of politics. And are they you know? And so then I kind of go back and look at the, what's the motivation behind these ads. And I have a feeling, mm-hmm. and this is just a, a wild guess on my part, that the Senate offices are getting slammed with so many phone calls that they're yes. spending $10 million, $10 million on this campaign to try and slow down the number of phone calls going into the Senate offices because they've never seen this level of activism before. Right. And, you know, and they're doing some other spin. They're trying to uh, deceive people or de- demobilize them or what is it? Uh, what's that word that's used when you want to take away their spirits? Um, they want to tell people that, oh, that is just want to your- disempower. They're trying to disempower folks, right? And I'm using a propaganda, you know, using a propaganda technique of like, well, let's tell people a happy, smiley story about what's going to happen if this guy gets confirmed, exactly. as a way to say your opinion is wrong and doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. But I mean, you know what? That that is one of the reasons we are here now. But I mean, I I want to do a, um, a segue to seg back, but it goes as follows. One of the things that we have to 
work on is that a lot of folks, uh, we have some callers here that would call in sometimes and give the, the message that don't take your eye off the ball. Yes, uh, we see all these strange things happening all the time. We see Donald Trump putting out the fake news stories. We see Donald Trump trying to delegitimize the media. We see uh, many of his foxes going out there and trying to make things look as, as we know they aren't. And a lot of times, these are all smoke screens. Uh, we, have to, we have some very important work to do. Um, one of the things, right, for those of you who are listening to this show right now, listening to uh, both, let's say, um, uh, Devilin and Janine coming in over the wires, you guys are coming in over the, the air and, and in different modals, we have to make sure that things that occur behind the scenes, specifically net neutrality is the thing that I talk about every single time I get a chance of. Net neutrality is, uh, is the ability for all of us uh, is the ability, uh, let, let me answer the question. Of course, this is on, we're in Coffee Party Network. We're in Coffee Party Network. Anything with, with regard, and Coffee Party is also an activist group doing things. So yes, we want to talk about that as well. Um, let's see, I, I lost, Devlin caused me to lose my trend of thought. So I am, <laughs> and so that's why I was, Egberto, that's why I was putting it on the Facebook stream so you could finish your thought and then you know segue nicely. <laughs> But you know, you have to remember this. My, my form of segueing isn't as flowing as it used to in the past. <laughs> I'm so sorry to make you lose your train of thought. Oh no, but any, not, not a problem. It turns out that um, that we were frozen for a little bit anyway. But yes, folks, net neutrality is an, a very important topic that everybody and and you and I'll break in. I w- yeah, it should be back now, Cindy. I will break in sometimes and change the subject automatically just to speak about net neutrality. Net neutrality is what allows myself, Debbie Lynn, Janine, to have different radio shows on the Coffee Party Network. Net neutrality is what allows me to simulcast my KPFT show on air on, on Facebook as well without having an inordinate charge to work with. With Trump having to appoint a chairperson to that they could mess with that and allow Verizon and all these other people to add tiering to these types of programs, to streaming, whereas you will be required to pay more. And even though that doesn't directly affect the media, what it does affect, what it does affect is our ability here to put out the necessary information, our ability here to tell you what's really going on in as much as we have, or not in as much, because we have, to some extent, a derelict media. But now I'm going to bring back in Janine and, and, uh, to talk about, stay involved, Janine? Well, we were going to talk about stay involved, in, uh, which is a coffee party campaign that we're having a lot of fun with. And we're, I'm going to start by giving you a little bit of background. So okay. first of all, long, long ago... Uh, during the primaries, which feels now like forever ago, right? Um, John Oliver, (laughs) it's a long time. John Oliver did this great rant. And he, um, on his John Oliver uh, This Week Tonight, last week tonight, Mm -hmm. he talked about how crazy it was for a candidate to go from, you know, being a candidate to being a nominee. And he specifically right. was talking about, you know, 10 different things that were just crazy making in the process. Well, long story short, he said, listen, America, 
um, every four years we figure out what's wrong with our election process. We see the mistakes. They're in our face. They get used against us, kind of smart and loopholing. It's not right. Every four years we figure it out. And then there's an election, and we go to sleep. We forget. We're all so exhausted. We just think, oh, God, it's over. And then we go to sleep. And then four years later, there we are again, relearning what's wrong with this system. So his uh, idea, which I loved, was to say, okay, what we need to do is right now, before we've gone through that exhausting process, we need to make a date. And uh, we're going to pick a date, and we're going to have an election, we're going to have some recoup time, and then we're going to get together, and we're going to put our heads together, and we're going to figure out what to do. He suggested February 2nd, and he suggested that day because he said, just like the movie Groundhog Day, this is going to happen over and over and over again until right. we take, we go to work after the fact so that the next time it doesn't happen. Absolutely. I mean, and that is so important. So then, Debbie Lynn, what is, you know, we have the indivisible movement that's doing its thing. What is Coffee Party USA doing with this Stay Involved movement? Tell us how can, what are we doing? And not only that, let's use this opportunity to encourage the others, other people, even those in the mm-hmm. indivisible movement, to join with Coffee Party because we have that mass ability to put out data on our uh, over a million, a 1.1 million people Facebook page that can reach hundreds of thousands every single day. So tell us what um, right. how we can partner and do things. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Egberto. Uh, first of all, I just have to say, Coffee Party is a is an issue oriented five hundred one c four, and while most of uh, most of the folks in Coffee Party agree with what Indivisible is doing, it's not officially sanctioned by the Coffee Party because it is anti candidate. It's anti uh, a, a, uh, our elected president. So, but even given that, I want to say that we, you know, there's large support for the issues that Coffee Party stands for within the indivisible movement. So there's no um, conflict, if you will, between the the two groups. Uh, But the first thing I want to talk about with Stay Involved was this whole idea that we ginned up back in August really was to talk about how to not do this Groundhog Day thing that Janine was talking about, how to not forget what we learned about our elections process until the next time it happened. And right. so we developed Stay, Stay Involved, and we are, gave it over to a team of volunteers, and they developed four streams of activity within the coffee party for staying involved. The first one was, the first activity stream is called Healing the Divide, and mm-hmm. it's helping people have those cross-party or difficult conversations. And right. Coffee Party Talks is one of the way that we do that. The second stream was to take it national. You know, we partnered uh, with the March on Washington, and we also are looking at other opportunities to take it to our elected officials in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. The uh, third, act, third activity stream is to take it local, encourage and support, you know, our local people getting together locally. This is where we uh, align well with Indivisible. And then the fourth activity stream is social media calls to action, and this is specifically towards our coffee party goals. And the end state goals for coffee party include electoral reform, tax reform, anti-corruption reform, inclusive empowerment, and local empowerment. So those are the five main coffee party goals that we work on as an issue-based advocacy group. 
That is excellent. Now, tell us a little bit about the Coffee Party Talks, because I, I, I think where we're trying to get people to interact with each other so that they can work as one, I think that is one of the most important concepts of, 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 this, uh, of this set of things that we're doing. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, so Coffee Party Talks is a, a we're actually uh, using the technology developed by Living Room Conversations, and it's having, using a conversations guide with a group of six people who have an intentional diversity in the conversation to talk about our political issues or even like what we want for America. It's not, does it, it can, there's over 50 topics on the Living Room Conversations site. Uh, we have five of them on the Coffee Party uh, webpage under Coffee Party Talks. And it's, it's really a matter of finding a co-host, sitting down, mm-hmm. invite, each of you inviting two more people, and then following a conversation guide. And, Egberto, you've done some of these living room conversations with right. us. You know, what was your take on that? I love the you living know, room conversations. Sure. What I love about living room conversations is you get people of different viewpoints communicating among each other in a fashion that, uh, that we don't get because of the, the – because of the – I, I don't want to just say incivility in our conversations uh, to, in, in today's world, but because, you know, we're, we're moving so fast on the news network where we don't talk to each other, we talk past each other. On every single one of the living room conversations calls that I had with you, we had people with diverse viewpoints. I mean, people as left as I am and people as middle as you and uh, you are and people as to the right, uh, if you remember the, the, the specific one that we had. And the one thing we were able to do is because we made the commitment to first listen to what other people were saying. We listened to what they had to say, and we weren't, we weren't looking to immediately respond to what they were saying. We were trying to listen to what they were saying to understand what they were saying, and then formulating our response to that, whether sometimes favorably, sometimes we disagreed with that. But the idea is that is how communication uh, starts. I can tell you one thing, and this is on a personal note, and I'm coming to you 559 to answer that call in a second. This is, this is, this is, this is personal. Uh, when I started my activism was when I came here to college several decades ago. And in doing that, I, I was probably one of the wildest people out there. When we were fighting for South, to get the University of Texas out of South Africa, we were militant, and that's how we did things. When I worked for corporate America after that, it was, uh, you know, you hit, you hit who you really were, but you were still doing that sort of a thing. After that, however, uh, during the Bush administration, again, it went to the point where guys like myself, we were really out there. I, uh, you know how we got started in Coffee Party. I met some folks at Coffee Party, and because of Coffee Party, we started to try the civil way in communicating with each other. After doing that, uh, we learned that it could actually be more effective. And for those of you in Houston who know me and those otherwise, that is a model that, that, that I've been running by since. And that is bringing people together, talking through differences. And even if you disagree with them completely, you try to find some commonality where you're not at blows with them, but you can actually attain something. And I can tell you that it is ultimately Fruitful. Now, let me bring in 559. Uh, 559. Uh, oh, that is, I think that's Devlin, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You're, you're looking okay. for the 210 one, I think. Oh, here we go. John, come on in, John. How are you doing today? Good afternoon, Egberto. How are you doing? Great. Talk to me, my friend. 
Oh, before before you say uh, anything, yeah, uh, it's, it's hold a hold a second, John, because I, I want to uh, Cindy, who is the leader of the coffee, uh, not the coffee, leader of the uh, Indivisible TXO2, which is here in Texas. She's listening to the show and she is asking, "Hey, can Coffee Party present to us?" So sure, we can. We'll talk about that, Cindy. Okay, John, come on in. Yeah, I just want to, you know, I, I agree with with some of the things that uh, you're talking about. You're talking about a lot of sociological issues, and those are those are interesting. But I mean, you know, we have to look at, at what we're, we're really facing here with the Trump presidency and a Republican Congress, and we really need to focus on, you know, the damage that the Republicans can do. And uh, you know, we we're looking at. The ACA, where 30 million people are going to lose their health insurance, we're looking at 52 million people with uh, pre-existing conditions who could also lose their insurance. We have a, an 18-page plan that came out, put out by the Republicans a couple of days ago, which which is put out by Paul Ryan, which will not. Uh, it actually has, if you look at the subsidies, the whole uh, premise of the ACA was to have people who could afford health insurance make sure that they can get health insurance because they were poor. Now, the the Ryan plan is based on on age. And so they're saying that, you know, like a, somebody like Rex Tillerson who is 64 years old would pay uh the same amount as somebody who's 64 years old who's in poverty. And so, you know, I just think that, that, that these issues that are coming up, and we need to really focus on how the Republicans are, you know, going to really uh, drastically change the country. And, uh, it, and it's not just Trump. Of course, Trump we need to talk about also. But the Republicans themselves are, are doing this. And, uh, so I just I just feel that you know this isn't just about you know being civil and being nice. This is about the damage that will be done to this country, and I mean, uh, it's nice to be civil. I, I I know where you're going. You know we speak a lot, and remember, and this is important. What I'm going to say here, um, I you are absolutely right that we are in a crisis right now. You're absolutely right that these changes that are being made, for some people, it is life or death. It is absolutely, all of that is absolutely true. Now, those people who know that already, right, are like you and me, and they understand the language that we're talking to. I am trying to hit several segments of society, those who agree with me and those who will give me the honor to speak to them. And when I say speak to them, I have to first get them to listen to me. So right now, this isn't a sociological class per se. This is, this is the other side of the coin. In other words, I'm saying, oh, I'm sorry that I'm breaking up for you, Jessica. Uh, this is the other side of the coin. In other words, tomorrow we are going out there to do exactly what you're talking about. Tomorrow at 3 p.m. on City Hall, that is exactly what we will be doing. But the, the, the tenet of this program and why Devilin and Janine wanted to be on the program is how do we hit the other side. But let me give Devilin a little uh, a bit to say something here. Devilin. Yeah, thanks, Egberto. It's, uh, John, I totally hear and understand, and in no way do I advocate stop 
the, to not pressure our elected representatives, I actually think the pressure is very useful. Um, to, but to me, the pressure is the immediate short-term response and strategy that needs to happen to protect uh, people in society today. The long game is about coming back to a singular narrative for, for our country rather than us living in two different narratives. And that's only going to happen if we actually practice some type of listening with each other. And everybody has different levels within these different roles. And you may be a complete activist and I may be a complete um, conversation person. But as long as we're both doing our job, we're going to get there together. John? Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, that uh, you know, people have – certain people have convictions and certain people don't. Right now, you know, I, I've been following politics ever since I can remember. My father was a union uh, politician, and so I guess I was instilled pretty early, you know, my beliefs, and I, I feel very strongly about them. My beliefs basically – you know, are very similar to, you know, Bernie's beliefs, and, you know, if you look at the Nordic model economically, I believe very strongly in that. And so, uh, you know, I, I agree that we should listen to other people, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, if you don't believe in anything, you will fall for anything. And mm -hmm. and so I have strong beliefs, and, you know, and I, I, it, I have a hard time listening to, to people who already know what they're going to say, already know that they're talking points. I mean, I, you know, and so, you know, it's, it's good to listen. It's good to have a conversation. But to me, being uh, an activist is, is actually in promoting the ideas that, you know, like, like single payer, uh, like free college, uh, like, you know, there, there's so many – so many other issues that I believe in. I mean, just, just having a strong social safety net. Uh, those are those are what are important to me. And you know, if you look at this country, you know, it's really the propaganda that's put being put out by the re right wing is is uh, you know influencing more people you know all the time. And I hope that the indivisible movement. Uh, will have a big impact on elections in 2018 and 2020. And if you look at polling so far, it seems to be doing that. But uh, I just think that the issues are, are the most important things and, and that we should be focused on issues more so than uh, basic you know, sociology. John, yeah, this is Janine. I just I have to push in here because I got right on, John. So here's the thing. Some people mistake the idea that we come from a perspective of civility and reason to say we're panty waste, man, and we just, you know, we have tea and coffee and put out our little pinky and talk, right? I promise you, I was at the Women's March in D.C. I, was, I participate locally. As a matter of fact, in my little town, when we have an action, people show up from the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Working Families Party, the, in, uh, the Independents, Indivisible, Coffee Party, Represent Us, Veterans for Peace, Move to Amend, Healthcare for All, Occupy, the Women's March, Democracy Spring, and more. We're all here. And part of what we do at Coffee Party is try to bring all those groups together information-wise. So uh, I, I have dedicated now my radio show, Thursday noon, 
to a thing I call power to the people. And I will read off and communicate every single action anyone communicates to me. Any action. If you go to the Lunch with Loudon Facebook page, you will see uh, I post every single action anyone shares with me. Um, I update those actions. I read them aloud on the radio. We talk about them on the radio. So it's really, really, really uh, it's, by the way, Debbie Lee, remind me, it's noon Pacific on Thursdays. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. And I never know the time in the, in the so-called flyover states. Talk about a freaking lie. But anyway, oops, fake news. But anyway, it's like, you know, but part of the game, even in those, uh, uh, even in those actions on the ground, even in those very uh, specific things, for example, one group I'm hot with here is healthcare for all. And Oregon is committed to going to a single payer state, no matter what the feds do. Right. And so maybe between us and Massachusetts and another or two, we'll, we'll show the way. Right. So I cannot stress local action, but, uh, when I was in D.C. at the Women's March, there's a million people there, right? So there were a few hecklers as we walked by. Because we had the attitude we are of solidarity and mutual support, even though every, every point of view from immigrants are not illegal, you know what I mean, or, or women's rights or Black Lives Matter or, uh, you know, science matters. I mean, I can't tell you all the signs and all the groups that I saw there. Nobody bought in. And so a part of what we hope to do in, in not what we communicate, but how we communicate, is that you just don't have to respond to vitriol with vitriol. And you don't have to respond to hate with hate. And so even every day on our Facebook page, we, there is a combination of posts. There's a post every hour, if not more often. Breaking news comes right in. It doesn't matter. What we're talking about there is not only how do we relate to people who are different from us. We do that, too. But we also say, hey, look what happened on a day without immigrants. Look what happened on a, a, you know, the general strike. Look forward to March 8th for the day without women. I mean, we're promoting these activities in a huge scale. So I don't, I don't know why civility has taken on the uh, demeanor of being a sissy, right? And uh, if it is, then being a sissy is pretty rocking, because I am more powerful. <laughs> I am more powerful telling people, you know, when they, you know, you walk by somebody and they give you the California howdy. That's what we call flipping the bird on the left coast. The California howdy. Um, you know, if I take my finger and shake it and say, shame on you, young man, right. man, they're mortified. If I had returned in kind, I'm just another one of them. So, I mean, that's a silly example. But I got to tell you, there's nothing sissy about civility. It's hard work. Try it. <laughs> it's way it's harder. Really hard. I want to add something to that that I think is, is important, right? And, and this is to address uh, John, John as well. Um, I have no ideology where it comes to reaching people, right? So um, whereas I know Debbie Lynn personally and Janine personally, and, and they are, I, I think, ultimately very civil all of the times that I've ever seen them, uh, I, I will adapt to my environment. 
uh, and you know, there's <laughs> there are some characteristics that I can't control that make that that created that within me that makes me adapt to different environments, and that's what I do. And it, it goes the same way in the activist domain. I adapt to the environment to try to get the best results in that environment. And I think um, so. We're, when I'm with Coffee Party. I am uh, I am the civil guy. If I am out there at a at a at a Black Lives Matter march, where different tactics are being used or need to be used, I do that as well. So uh, so, please don't ever think that we only have one tactic. And I think Devlin mentioned this earlier. She said she does what she does because she's going in the, in the same direction that. You're going, and you need to do what you need to do to move us into that direction. John, come on in. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be too harsh here, but I mean, because I, I do believe that, that civility is, is important. But, but to me, you know, actually, you know, having, having the issues and winning on the issues that, that, you, that I, you know, personally support is is more important, and I, I'll just be very honest with that. Let me let me take for the example that you were talking about single payer in Oregon, and I hope that that can happen. Okay, now uh, you know in in uh, Vermont they passed a bill, uh, and it, they tried to put it into play. Uh, Governor Shumlin, and he realized that you know the taxes. Uh, because of the taxes that were going to have to be put in play for this, uh, the, he wasn't sure how the public would accept it, and basically he scrapped the plan. Okay, if you look at Colorado single payer, uh, it was on the ballot last year. Uh, the polling was about 20 points ahead, and then people, all the the insurance companies came. They started advertising. It ended up losing by about 20 points. And so these, when you talk about long-term goals, this is a long-term goal for me to have people understand that you know it does cost a lot of money for single payer, and and the idea is that you know that rich people and even upper middle class people and even some middle class people will have to pay more taxes, and this is part of the plan. And, you know, that's very hard for the American public, even in liberal states, to, to agree with. And I think for one thing, because even in, in the statement that you just gave um, is one of the reasons I think we have a hard time with single payer, right? Um, and I, 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 don't, I think we discussed this before. Telling folks that single payer, yes, it's going to cost more, is not really what we, we should ever say because it really isn't true. It actually costs less. That's not that is okay. I mean, I I I, I would I would uh, suggest to you, Egberto, to look to go ahead and Google all of the the articles uh, in in the year of 2014 with Governor Shumlin was talking about. Now they passed this in 2011. And all it was a matter was implementing the money for this, and he refused to do it because the taxes there would be a state increase tax of about ten percent uh, on average, and so they would go from being a, an average. Let me tell you that is I, I understand that I understand that it's ten percent increase in taxes, but it's not true because that is assuming you don't call health insurance 
that people pay privately and all the other domains around privately, those, if, if you bunch all those in at the taxes, and that's what I'm saying, we have to get our narrative correct because we cannot, if, if it costs more, there's no reason to do it. If it costs more, there's no reason to do it. I don't care who's paying. It costs, single payer is more efficient and costs less. It does not cost less. I mean, there's. I mean, you look at every European country. I've studied this intensely, and they all the taxes that are paid are much higher. I mean, there is there is no comparison. The the people in Europe are willing to do this because they they want single pay. They have the moral in, the compass to realize that everybody is entitled to health insurance. And the the reason this is being held back in America is because Americans don't feel that way. And they, okay. they and and to to not talk about the taxes is you're you're defeating the purpose. You have to be honest with the American people. Don, Don, I, I don't I don't want to belabor this one, but I just because other people are going to listen to this in the podcast and so forth. I just have to put this out. Uh, and you know the aggregate numbers. If you look at the aggregate numbers, if the cost of insurance per person in every other country is less. And we are selling, and, and I forget about taxes, forget about everything else, number. Let's just talk numbers. If the aggregate cost of single payer per person in this country drops because of single payer, which means we get rid of all the other inefficiencies from advertising to CEO pay to the, 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 the shareholder value that they get, the shareholder dividends, et cetera. When you take all those numbers out, it is true we will pay more taxes, but it is also true we won't pay health insurance charges. For me, that's over $12,000, over actually $14,000 a year. It is very important that we actually put it correctly because otherwise it cannot get done. But, I, but we'll, we can talk numbers offline. I just want my audience to hear that particular part of this discussion. Okay, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but you know, the, the the fact is, is that especially upper class people need to pay more taxes. If you if you look if you look at the 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 highest uh, you know or the lowest uh, income inequality, it was the period from World War II before the Reagan tax cuts. And uh, that's because the rich paid higher taxes. And ever since Reagan came in, uh, we've we've been faced with this incredible inequality, and that's what's driving all of these changes in our economy. And that's why, unfortunately, people don't understand that. And that's the biggest problem in America right now is that people accept trickle-down economics, and they voted for that in the election, even at a higher rate for Republicans than, than for Trump. Yeah, now what we are doing, and, and that is why that is why I wanted to make this statement that I just did previous, because that is what we that's the fight that we have, John. That's what, and you've been doing a great job of it. John calls into both of my shows, and he has the, he usually throws the numbers out. That's John. So I mean, but we all have to do that. But we all have to build the audience that that we're given this given this to, and we also have to do it in a way that it touches them, because just the fact and numbers don't do it. We have to do more than facts and numbers. We have to personalize all this to the individual person that, that you know, to that, to that person in Kingwood or to that person in, in uh, Seattle or whatever, 
we have to get the buy-in from them somehow. We don't have to worry. The upper-class folk, right, they'll do fine. They'll be fine. Janine and I have, oh, really? Well, look, look, Janine and uh, Janine and Devlin, they'll be saying goodbye. So uh, thank you very much for having been here, my friend. Uh, Anyway, uh, John. Uh, you can continue. Let me go ahead and see who else I need to get addressed here on the screen. Let's see. John Bauer says, I'm out. We're we are not going to solve ACA here, but we do need to learn how to listen, negotiate, and understand that everyone comes to the table with a need for security. That is great. Thank you very much for that thought. Uh, we also have uh, Christy, communication with respect and civility, if treated with aggressive Angry, attack, discontinue, if threatened and true. Uh, let's go to Christy again. We have no organization. In, oh, in the face that is concerned, and I think uh, Devlin gave you some information on that. And understand it is fear that undergirds all politics, fear about meeting basic needs, fear of insecurity, fear of powerlessness. We have to learn how to listen, that fear, acknowledge it, and then negotiate be more okay I, I have to go down there but anyhow john we're coming close to the end of the show so as usual you get a chance to give us a closer okay um the aca also there, there was something that you know trump signed an, an, an initial uh executive order and that that was put into place it wasn't talked about a lot but uh you know so Essentially, the IRS is is not going to enforce the mandate le- next year. Uh, so what's what's going to probably going to happen is the insurance companies the collapse. Even though if they don't overturn the re- repeal of the ACA, you're going to start seeing these collapsing markets. I was talking about that in the pre- in right. a lot of press reports from the very beginning, ever since Trump was elected. And so people aren't talking about this, but but insurance markets are collapsing because of the Trump administration and right. because of. Uh, Essentially, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with repeal. Uh, I don't think that the replacement is a joke. They, they I mean, they, they their their plan is basically what happened uh, pre pre uh, ACA, and so I mean, right. you know, tens of millions of people are going to lose their health insurance. But I think it is important because their narrative is going to be this is falling apart. Uh, right. And we really have to push back and say, no, you made this fall apart. You personally, you know, we need to talk about all the individual things that Trump has done to make this fall apart. And one of the things was to cut off the advertising. About 200,000 people signed up uh, you know, less than uh, last year just because of the advertising was cut off. John, that is a very, very important point that you just made that we have to – because they are instituting, uh, instigating the collapse of the market, then to say it doesn't work and then something has to be done, we have to address that. And we, actually, we have to address that before it occurs, which is exactly what you're saying. So thank you very much for being on the show as usual, my dear friend. And I'd like to thank all of our listeners, uh, both on air, both on Blog Talk Radio and on Facebook Live. Thank you so kindly for listening. Remember to go to our webpage, uh, Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis, and like the page. Let's, you'll get a notification whenever we're doing something good. And as Janine said, activism See, join the Coffee Party uh, USA movement, as, uh, join the Coffee Party USA and lunch with Lauren for promotion 
of all events. Thank you so kindly for having been here. You guys have a wonderful day. C'est la vie. And with that, we are out. Aloha. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.